Welcome to The Intern Whisper, the show all about the future of work. Today's guest is Justin Spragans, CEO and founder at Episode 8, Inc. Welcome, Justin, to The Intern Whisper. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you here. So we're going to be learning all about your company and your whole entrepreneur journey. And our listeners love to hear that kind of stuff. So I'm going to let our listeners know that they need to like strap themselves in because you have so much great stuff to tell us. And I could not be more excited. I'm excited too. That, that, uh, it, that actually brought me way back to my first business, way out of t- like completely opposite of tech as you're painting the picture of, uh, that kind of story. I, I went back to my, uh, painting business. I started when I was like 14 years old, rollerblading to market it. I was dropping the flyers off in mailboxes, but come a far way and definitely excited to share, uh, share my story with you now. That is great. So let's talk about what did that 14 year old business entrepreneur look like? Yeah, he was different than this, but he, I, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So, and this was in, you know, I'm, I'm much older than the normal kind of tech start, you know, college co-founder, but, uh, uh, I guess when would have this been, um, mid nineties, I started my first business and I don't know what, what nobody like told me to be an entrepreneur. My parents weren't entrepreneurs, but for some reason I went to the library when I was early, you know, 12, 13, and I bought the dummy's guide to entrepreneurship, that yellow book. Um, and I read it like cover to cover. And then that led me down this path of looking at like Millionaire Next Door and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I started listening to like Zig Ziglar and well, Tony Robbins, but he's not quite business at the time. But I started a painting business because in Ohio on the summers, I needed to make money and I figured, you know, I would just do it myself. So I had rollerblades and I made flyers and I went around the like the ritzier neighborhoods in my town and I put them in the mailbox because their mailboxes were at the edge of the street. So I could rollerblade past and put the flyer in without really stopping my motion. So I was able to put a lot of flyers through that neighborhood quickly as opposed to going up to the door. Um, so I found that to be an effective way to mass market with the right, uh, the right houses. But I, called my, I wanted to sound very professional, so I called the business Premium Painting and Power Washing. And I was 14 years old saying that I had a premium painting and power washing business, but I was very, I've always been very type A and I'm perfectionist. So I did an excellent job when I started booking these jobs. And primarily what I focused on was power washing and staining decks. And in Ohio, it's nice because the winter and the summers really abuse people's decks. So it's, you get these repeat customers every two summers, they're ready to be power washed and stained again. So I fell into this, um, uh, I guess that fine because I was able to get, you know, re- residual from one project, but ultimately that, that started me in my business. But what I really love, and I still do this today with coding design, building my apps. When I would work, I would listen to books on tape. I never would listen to music. I would only listen to books on tape. And now I can listen to podcasts, which is exciting. And of course, books on tape with audible. But um, I would go to the library and I'd rent all the all the business books I could find on tape, and I'd have my you know CD player. My I would be my painting gear. My CD player was covered in paint by the end of the summer. But I would just listen to more business books on on tape, and 
Um, that is what I did my entire high school. Um, I literally worked all the time. I went to school, got off work or got off school and then just went to work. And I saved like every single penny I could save. So before I graduated high school, I, I did have a, a really good nest egg saved. Um, and the next logical step was to go to business school because I thought that would be a nice uh, next, you know, kind of learn a little bit more about entrepreneurship, about business. So I went to Miami University, which is an amazing business school in Ohio. It's a beautiful campus. And I loved my freshman year. It was amazing. But my sophomore year, I take my first entrepreneurship class because the first freshman year was a lot of like the general general classes. But my sophomore year was my first where it was the entrepreneur class. And he told me in the class, he said, you know, this class is awesome to help you learn some you know, skills to be an entrepreneur, but you really don't need college to be an entrepreneur. And the next day I dropped out of college <laughs> and I just like, it was funny because he wrote me an email like a couple years later when he found out I was doing uh, tech and all this. And he's just like, you know what? No student has ever left after I told them that they didn't need college to be an entrepreneur. I was also leaning that way anyway, that I was um, going to do something different um, and not finish school. But after that class, it, it was the catalyst that I, I knew that I really didn't need to give um, college another three years to do exactly what I want to do in life. And I didn't know what that was yet. Um, clearly, I had no idea that mobile apps would come out and Apple would release um, this platform that empowered entrepreneurs and developers to create apps for them, which has literally been what I've been focused on for the last 10 years and love it. But I just knew I could figure it out because, you know, when you have that spirit in you, you just, you know, make things work. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that's my last, uh, bit at school. And from there I, I, uh, I moved to New York, which is a whole nother chapter, but, uh, definitely been always an entrepreneur since I, I can remember. Can, can Ohio still get premier paints and do you still know how to rollerblade? Good, good questions. I definitely can still paint. Not quite sure I could still rollerblade. With age, you're uh, you're less nimble, but um, uh, I love to paint. To be honest, I did it for so long at that time that like it's almost like meditative. The smell of paint, you know, like I love I was a I loved cutting more than rolling. Like rolling is easy. You just you know it's quick. You finish the job. But cutting was my favorite because you had to have like you know really steady hand, and I never taped anything and. I wasn't scared of heights. And when you paint stuff, a lot of times you're up on ladders. But yeah, I could still paint, but I don't do it anymore. I, I really have learned a lesson in my life that uh, I try to invest my time extremely wisely. So I, would, I wouldn't I would really take on many uh, painting. I would rather uh, bring in some great painter friends and, and do that. But uh, I try to try to spend all my time building apps and really, with, of course, with family and stuff. But anytime that I have outside of family and friends, I, I really try to focus on uh, my craft, which is now uh, app development. Whatever it is that is like really I'm struggling with, if I go and paint, it takes all of that energy out of me. And then I'm just like, I'm peace. I'm at peace. I love it. That's amazing. Going back to the question, uh, you're currently working with Episode Inc. 8, Episode 8 Inc., um, what does that company do and how did you come about getting there? I know we're probably taking a quantum leap from that 14-year-old guy to where you are now. And I'm sure there's an amazing story in between there. So if you want to take us down that path, you you can. 
and then we can end up at episode eight. So feel free. You can, yeah. you can drive. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Cause I actually think that's like the most important kind of message that I try to communicate to really friends and anyone, young entrepreneurs or young people with thought, with ideas is, um, to just take the first step and to have courage that you can do it. And it takes, of course, a team and um, a ton of help to execute anything, but you could definitely start. So for me, I when I left college, I fell into acting, which was something I never thought I would ever do in my life. I never grew up looking at actors or watching anything related to that. I wasn't in drama school. I wasn't in any of that. But my um, close friend in high school um, got picked up by one of the top modeling agencies in New York, and he ended up becoming one of the biggest male supermodels of that time. So he was like, come out to New York, like, you know, hang out for the summer. So I did after I, I left school that year, and it was just such an incredible experience. I'd never been to New York City. New York City was an awesome, you know, time for me at 18 years old to just live it up. And, and my friends were really doing cool stuff. So I was like, well, I, I really can't go back to just painting houses now. I'm kind of like, I got this bug. So I I started taking acting classes because they were they were models and I'm not a model. So I was like, oh, well, I'll start taking acting because one of my buddies back then was uh, uh, Channing Tatum. He was um, at, with the same modeling agency. And he actually was the one who got me into acting because he started doing commercials because he was a successful model. And he started booking commercials. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll do that too. I could start getting commercials. So we actually got the same commercial agent. But I started taking classes. And then I moved to LA because my commercial agent and talent agent then was like, you'll do way better in Los Angeles. So I had never been to LA, never thought about LA. I love palm trees and sunshine. So I was thinking one day I'd end up in Florida or something. Um, but after uh, my agent was like, moved to LA, I was like, cool, I'll do it. And I moved to LA. I had known a couple people here because New York and LA are, are very similar in their you know, community. So I felt comfortable enough to come out here at 19 years old, drove across the country and started pursuing that career. Um, it definitely, the entertainment business has a ton of entrepreneurial tendencies and pieces to it. Um, you have to handle rejection really well. You have to always put yourself out there. You have to um, package yourself like a business and, and try to try to find your fit. But a lot of it's out of your control because you're an actor and you're not painting the picture of the, uh, of the content. So it wasn't exactly, I could tell it wasn't like a perfect fit, but along the way I was at one of this agency, it's, named, it's called CAA, Creative Artists Agency. And it's one of the biggest agencies in LA, probably the top one for a meeting one day, this was 2009, maybe 2010. And this little burger joint called The Stand was trying to get me to follow them on Twitter, check in on Foursquare, friend them on Facebook, subscribe to their YouTube channel on their little flyer when I wanted to order this burger. And I was like, all these social networks were brand new at the time. And it, it, this was my first app idea. I said, well, I don't want to go to all those places because I'm very much of a neat freak and I love things organized. So where's the one spot that I could go to that has access to whatever it is you want me to see? So I thought that we need to aggregate all these social media platforms into one site, one app. So I started designing the idea because I knew Photoshop a little bit, but I never, I wasn't a designer, didn't know how to code at the time, didn't know how to design, but I figured it out, wrote a business plan for this app that we called Crux, which 
ended up being a terrible name because it sounded like crooks and we were trying to get people's passwords to sign in for a one-stop shop. So after pitching it, I learned I needed to change the name, but I um, was really blessed that the first person I told it to um, invested capital into the business and wanted to partner with me on it, which was for an actor, incredible. Like the amount of no's you get before you book your first job as an actor is like a thousand or maybe more. Um, where it was crazy to have an app idea and the first person I told wanted to invest in it and wanted to help me raise more capital. So we did that, but um, the idea was definitely a good idea, but it is unrealistic to create because the social network started limiting their access to their APIs. So we couldn't get the single sign-in data uh, funnel that we wanted to build. So, but along the way, I started meeting VCs. So I started, I put together a target list of all these venture capitalists that we would pitch this idea to and get cap, get a seed round for. So I started pitching VCs and built good relationships, but they did tell me that, you know, this app's not going to work because of the, the restriction on the APIs. So, but they said, keep us updated on other apps you build because you you definitely could build products because the app we built was was really nice and it was a well-made iPad app at the time. So I knew at that point I wasn't ever going back. Like I really loved the process of building that app and, and being in a startup and um, focused on um, this space. So I started another company. We built a number of apps with that company. This the most successful one was called Looksee. Um, we partnered with top Instagrammers and created photo filters for them. So instead of going to like Visco cam, you could create like a photo, you buy a photo filter from your favorite photographer on Instagram and the proceeds were split with the photographer. Um, and that app did really well, but I wanted to build something more social. That was more like a photo editor. So I started brainstorming ideas on the audio space because I'm really big on communication. I think that life is so um, it's meant to be focused on as building relationships with others. And there's no way to build a relationship with somebody else unless you talk to them. And I noticed with social media at the time, people were posting content and people were liking or commenting an emoji on it. And they felt that they were still connected to the person, but ultimately con true connection comes from conversation. So I felt we need a social network that facilitates conversations with people and not just likes or retweets or um, watches, right? Views. Um, those are great for content and, and um, exposure, but I really wanted to build a network around conversations. So creating an app called Unmute, which was really funky of a concept. It was live streaming your phone call. So if I called it you, anyone could just listen to us. So it's almost like being agreeing to be phone tapped, which I thought could be pretty cool for podcasters. Because if you wanted to record a podcast, you could do it live and then people could tune in and they could uh, be unmuted. That was the concept. They could listen to your talk that was live and you could unmute whoever you want to talk to. And it, it could get recorded so you could post it afterwards. But what happened is when we launched it, it got featured by Apple as one of the, like, the best new apps um, that week. So it got some just exposure and teenagers started using the product as a way to make new friends, to meet each other. And that was super exciting. So that was my first experience with an app that really started um, generating some momentum. And it was really effective in raising venture capital money because I had 
built a lot of great relationships with uh, VCs over those few years that I was building those other apps. They saw that I kept building great products and I was um, had apps that were on top of this app store. And with this concept being audio social, being disruptive, where it's like live recordings where anyone could participate, it was definitely something that it was one of those like hot deals in Silicon Valley where like it was pretty crazy how fast you could close millions of dollars from VCs with a with a direct hit like that. So we did that, but that comes with sometimes a good process or a good next phase and sometimes a terrible next phase, which unfortunately we were part of the we weren't a, we weren't able to get to the next level. So sometimes the signals of these apps are good, but they're actually not you can't scale them because what makes Unmute really awesome is anything is live. So as you uh, when you jump on a call, anyone could jump in. But what starts happening is is because anyone could jump in. Like there was bullying started going on. It was hard to filter out the type of content that you'd be more interested in discovering because it was all on the front page. So we weren't able to really get the um, momentum we needed to get to the Series A with that. So from there, I've been building a number of apps. I built a few with Unmute, started another company, built a couple apps with that, but most recently circled back to the audio space because I just, after I've built all these apps over the years, I think I've had 15 or so apps on the app store that are all awesome. They're all great. They all could have succeeded or, or with the right timing or the right marketing. But I just looked at myself last year and just was like, you know, what, what app, if you only build one more, what would it be? And I just circled back to this idea that like, I really want to build something in this audio space. And I started seeing the AirPods are really becoming more the norm. People are leaving them in. Um, definitely the young, young demographic are adopting the AirPods while they're at school, or even if they have a headphone in, they always have their headphones in. And I just don't see right now a social network around audio that that is really interesting and it's definitely a hard one to to make work um but there isn't really a social network around audio there's audio platforms like of course the podcast platform or spotify or audible or po you know podcast but um when it comes to social there really isn't something other than like a phone call so we've been experimenting for the last number of months with an app called sup which is uh, social podcasting like bite size so the podcasts are 12 minutes long I call you, you uh, and I record for 12 minutes, and then I could add a cover and make, share it out everywhere. I could share it to uh, uh, Instagram stories. I could share it to TikTok. Um, it's a short podcast. Um, that's super fun, and it was going well, but the, one of the problems we were having was it's tough to book somebody for a podcast to record. So when you have a normal podcast, you have a producer or that's your job. So you're really working hard to do the bookings. But when you're dealing with social media platforms, you're talking about the normal person that really doesn't have a ton of time to like figure out who's available and schedule the person to record. And it was too hard to facilitate. So we ran an experiment where we just matched everybody on the platform with each other. We called it happy hour. And we just say, we're going to just match you with a random podcaster or a random user, and you can record your 12 minute podcast with somebody who you don't know. So we tested that about a month ago, and the, the response was amazing. Like they were, a lot of our users were pinging us right after, like, oh my God, that was so fun. Like 
I talked to Sarah. Oh, I, I matched with, you know, Daniel. Oh, I talked to Robert. It was like so fun to see how everybody was excited about matching with somebody different and they had a really great time. So, and it was so much easier. It was like, Hey, at five o'clock, your phone's going to ring and all of a sudden you're going to match with somebody to record with. So it's like speed dating. Exactly. For recording <laughs> podcasts. So we're like, that was an awesome experiment. But if you read product books like Lean and, and Hooked, and there's a plenty of great product books, Design Thinking by Google, you always want to, if you, if you have an experiment, you want to like really like strip it down to no fluff. Like that's the thing you're testing. So we knew if we were to release Happy Hour inside of SUP, SUP could be maybe not the right mechanic or the right platform for that particular behavior. So we said, okay, we know we saw that happy hour concept works. Your phone rings at happy hour matches you with somebody to talk. What if the app was called happy hour? What would it do? What, what would be different than what we see here with SUP? And we knew that we could design something and build something around that core thing about bringing people together at a specific time and matching with somebody that they want to talk to. So we were like, let's not try to add this into SUP. Let's actually try to see, can we build an app around this thing that we discovered to be really interesting. So for the last few weeks, we've been working on Happy Hour, which is our new app that we're really excited about and really feel like this is the timing for it because we are so separate from each other in schools. No, you know, many, many, most businesses are working remotely completely. Schools are trying some blended mix and now pulling back. So we've all moved, of course, to Google Hangouts and Zooms and any video chat we're using to try to um, have conversations. The thing that about happy hour that I think is really exciting for a fit for our new normal is if we all put together a Zoom, which I've done this with my families, I'm sure you guys have. I'm like, okay, Saturday at five o'clock, I'm gonna send a link or we try to put it on the calendar and it, we wanna have a big group chat on Zoom or Google Hangouts it's really hard to have a good conversation on those things because there's eight to 12 to 15 people on the, on the chat. So it's a really nice way of saying hi to everybody, but not a really great way to build relationship and to stay close during a time of separation or we don't live near each other. So that's why the more one-on-one -on -one or the three-way phone calls are built for more relationship building. So the way that happy hour works is you create a group and you can invite as many people as you want to the group. So we're using it for our team right now, which we've got about 35 people. And once a week at happy hour, we scheduled it for Thursdays at five, everybody's phone rings and it matches you with another teammate. So it was really cool last week because some of our, like our graphic designer got matched with one of our engineers and they're able to talk about the topics that are inside of that happy hour. So, um, another, uh, this is another attack at cracking this kind of code around like social audio, but we feel like this one is definitely already showing signals that it's onto something and we're, we're really working hard to push this out to capitalize on the timing we have right now. Wow. What a, a really great ride that was too, because like I see how fast, well, first off, my biggest takeaway is technology, we know that everything is moving like I wake up the next morning and go oh what what change was made to this social channel or this platform or or anything and then you read new terms and then something else is going on so you're moving at the same speed as the technology is out there and it's hard to keep up I know that's incredibly hard what I really enjoyed about what you shared is um, 
the, the lean methodology that you had to adapt to and that you just jumped straight into that whole um, customer feedback, essentially, to be able to see what's the opportunity, how is that going to be a trend and would it make you money? That, that was, that's genius. I wish I could code. I don't do that. That's not my natural skill set. Um, however, it's definitely is something that I, I would love to, uh, I've become more conversational in it though. Definitely. I can hold my own in a conversation with a programmer. That's, that's a start. I, I didn't code, um, for the first year I started, I dug more into the design. I was tinkering with updating the designs from the designer and I started getting better at that. But then I started realizing that like, as an entrepreneur in, in this space, you don't, you don't need to be the best at any of it, but you need to be able to know it all. So I just said, I need to teach myself how to code, which I did, but I always had this mental block that I was in a coder and, but all I do is code. Like I code all day, every day for the last eight years. And I just started realizing like a couple of years ago that I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to take that block off and I'm going to be able to just code, um, which I now am getting so much better because I'm not judging myself. Oh, I'm not a coder. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, you know, yeah. uh, in this, you know, CEO here, but I have to wear the, all the hats and I'm always around better engineers, like always. But the thing mm -hmm. about when you're an entrepreneur, the reason why I have great um, co-founders that are engineers is because I also can engineer and I also can design. So I'm moving the ball forward enough where they're like, wow, this is going towards something exciting. I want to be involved. And then, you know, I'm able to always work with excellent engineers. So I'm, I'm not the only one engineering, which is amazing because I haven't, I'm not at the level where I could ship the app completely by myself as an engineer, the UI I can get, I've got there where I could do all the UI, but back end I still have um, some learning to do on that. But uh, I have co-founders that now handle that, but I am um, design as well. I'm, I could hold my own with design, but I also have partner that, you know, I love working with on design. So it's, it, it is very important. I think when you are a leader to be able to do all the jobs of the people that you're leading. So yes. they know like, wow, you're in the trenches, even though like this isn't your focus, but you can hold. So, and that a converse, conversation of the topics and knowing the lingo is a, is a start of it, you know? So, you could easily now tech uh, code is getting so much easier to learn now. I mean, especially it if you is. dive into blocks. Swift UI. Yeah. Blocks. Exactly. That like you could start spinning up a little test project. And even by just doing something like that, taking a tutorial on something like design plus code, which is super simple to get through. And like you build your first app. Then when you meet an engineer, they're like, Oh, that's so cool that you did that. You know, you, you can relate a little bit more, which I think it's mm -hmm. gone a long way for me but yeah now now I, I i could do a lot of it which is exciting i agree with you that's some of the things I, i've done those very same things that you were recommending also i've gone to some of the programming classes through meetups and i've said okay let me just understand what's going on here so i can be relatable and relevant and then conversational and it truly has helped a lot i had to uh, learn how to create my own spec docs and then I was also learning, just like you were saying, um, doing some of the mock-ups. And after I've done the mock-ups and then the spec doc, I sat there and went, wow, I feel pretty accomplished uh, that I can you know, be in the room and I can understand what they're talking about. It, it's, it's all about, um, like what you said earlier too, again, I could not agree more with you on this relationship. We're, 
We as humans were built for relationships. That's what our purpose is. Part of our purposes in life is how we can give to somebody else and then they also give back to us. So it it's like I I feel like I am like in your head with you right now. I am walking this road with you. So it's definitely out of my ballpark because I'm not familiar with coding and you know app development, but you guys can't see me, but my I had like audible reactions to what was going on, but I was muted. But your your story is just so amazing and it's just like a, it's a roller coaster and like and you've only gone up uh this entire time and i'm not saying there's going to be like a fall <laughs> but yeah you've only gone up and it's it's just so great to hear and i know you briefly touched on it with uh wanting to create an app about like all about audio but is there an end goal for you yes there is an end goal but going back to only on, on the way up and and ray dalio has a great um graph for that that um, and I didn't ever think about it the way Ray has put it with his principles um, graph, but um, uh, it's definitely not up, right? Like startups, it's a roller coaster. You go up, and then you go down, then you go up, then you go way down, then you go up. But the thing about it is, you hope that it's on an average going up, even though you're in these ups and downs like this. But as long as you're going up, you're actually moving forward. But what I really love about what Ray Dalio says in his book is when you actually have a down, when you start to go down, that's where the lesson is. That's where a new principle can be defined because now you're not, you know, it's not soaring. You actually had like tripped, right? You set a goal. You raised, you know, my previous company on mute. I raised two and a half million bucks or 2.2 million bucks. I hired a team immediately, really quick, had too many people. It just, it's really interesting when you've, um, first time, uh, founder that raised venture capital money and has millions of dollars immediately um, in the bank. So you think, oh, the bar is really high. I need to move quick. So you hire up right away. Right. And then you, you try to like sprint, you know? And um, so that was a stumble, but I didn't take the second and say, okay, what can I learn from this? And in the loop that Ray Dalio says is now you define your new principle, which gives you momentum to get back on track and it loops you over and gives you more towards it. So instead of it being this, roller coaster up down up down in an upward trajectory you try to have it be more of a looping a looping down you know what that is that's like the the trajectory that they had to do for the moon um for nasa to take the first trip around the moon that is exactly like what it sounds like that formula exactly exactly because the momentum that comes from the loop instead of the climb back up right so i've i've learned that you know so an entrepreneur or anyone never feels like I've been at companies and with some friends that have sold companies for tons of money. Things never feel like they're crushing it, you know, because you're in the moment, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like being in shape, right? Like if you're like, Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds and you're in the process of losing it. You don't feel like you're making progress. But if you took a picture from nine months ago and you look at it from a picture today and you're really being diligent, you're going to be like, Oh my God, I look so much better. You know? So you, you don't, you don't understand the change when you're going through the process, but you hope to, you hope to value the right things, right? So if you value a growth mindset, if you value the journey, if you love what you're doing and not the outcome. So that, that um, comes back to your, your second part of that question in, well, what's the outcome, right? Like, and this is the thing with what that you're after, right? Like, is there, is there a goal you're after that's big? And there is 
always, but I'm blessed because what I've seen over the last decade in being in startups and building apps specifically, and especially for iPhone and iOS, that's where I've, I've focused. I've built a couple of Android, but really the iOS platform has, um, I've really resonated with it as a builder. I just love it. Like I literally, if I code a settings today, I'm having the best time. And as I code that settings, I got YouTube on in the background listening to like amazing interviews. Like today I was listening to Bezos talk when in like 95 about like the gold rush and how that relates to, you know, in the early 2000s.com, you know, um, rush. So I'm listening to entrepreneurs nonstop when I'm coding and building my apps because you know, if you if you know what you're doing, you don't really need to think that much. It's it's a lot. It is a lot about moving blocks. The harder problems and things, I need to stop listening to stuff. But I'm able to listen. So I love this journey. So even though I'm going somewhere, I'm actually there already because I found something that I really love, and that's why I could you know I even look back at my life. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I could code, design, do, raise, do all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's because I spend a ton of time doing it because I love it all, you know? So the amount of my wife uh, always is just like, I don't know how you have all the energy to spend this much time at this for this many years, you know? And it's like, well, I just love it, you know? So you got to find what you love and then, you know, you dig in and you, if you have a childlike spirit with it, you will always, you know, feel accomplished. So I, I already feel super accomplished. Like I'm already there in this um, while I'm living it, which is amazing. But where am I going um, when it comes to like, oh, I really hope it has this level of effect on the world or, or whatnot is, is it's an interesting thought because I've already sensed, like I've already know some of my social apps have really impacted people. Like in Unmute, a couple of our users became best friends on the product and now they went to the University of Alabama together. So they've already like felt like, oh, well, now I'm going to go to school with that person. So I, the pro building these apps have made people, you know, date and become best friends and have, you know, so many a, a more fruitful life. So I feel at, if I'm going somewhere, it's just do this at bigger scales, you know. So I am really motivated to get Happy Hour to scale bigger than I've ever had an app to scale only to continue to do the thing that these things can do for us at bigger scales. But you can only, it's almost this weird thing. You have to take one hat off and put another one on where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. I do like that. But it, you can only really have to care about the one moment you're having right now, even this conversation, right? Like if I wasn't building apps and I didn't put together an internship program out of the summer, I wouldn't be having this awesome, you know, Google interview, you know, uh, hang, you know video chat interview with other entrepreneurs and, and people in the, in doing some very similar stuff. So. Um, I'm going for more of the same, but at a bit at, to turn up the volume. That would be the, mm. the goal. That was so good. You said so many great things there. It's like little nuggets. And I'm looking forward to going back and listening to this. Um, embrace the journey. And I could not agree with you more. There's been these places, and you know what this is like as an entrepreneur, where you can go into a deep hole because it's like, oh, my God, is it ever going to stop? But it's the adrenaline that comes out of this um, experience is huge. For Intern Pursuit, we have the platform and we're partnered with Berkeley University to produce it. And I could not be more excited. They're like brilliant people over there. Um, we have a game and that's because I liked game and teams. And so to pull that in, I wanted to be able to capture some of the gaming industry. That's why we have the game also. But our game is already on Steam. 
And then we had this podcast. And then it was through this conversation that we were having with Vic. That's another one of the people that interns with me. We reached out to all of these different radio stations and I met Trevor. And through that Trevor meeting, I've met you. And now our show is also on Cornell University. It's at WVBR in New York. And we've had a huge amount of uh, downloads going on just because of expanding the market. So what comes out of it is just that same enthusiasm. And you're infectious when you talk, just so you know. I find it really, you know, very um, energizing for myself, too. Um, it's always about the climb. It's about being able to realize that you can do way more than what you think you can. And whatever you tell yourself, that's exactly right. So you were saying that you weren't able to be a coder. Yes, you were. And you were. And that's where I used to tell myself, oh, I was bad at math. But no, I'm not. I tell myself I'm good at math. And that's what I tell the women that work with me. I work with a lot of women and I go, nope. You're going to learn how to be really good, financially fluent. You're going to be able to talk numbers when you go into meetings. And I don't want you to be afraid of it. And don't tell yourself you're not good at those things. So you are inspiring, I'm sure, our listeners as well as Ian, but definitely me. So as we've mentioned before, uh, or as you mentioned before, you're originally from Ohio where you had a painting uh, industry. I'm going to call it an industry just because you did so much with it. <laughs> and then you moved to New York, um, spent a few years there, and then decided to go to California for acting. So why the moves? Uh, what did California have that New York didn't for you? Whew, uh, the weather. I remember the winter <laughs> in New York. I was so cold. And when I my acting agent had said, well, you can move to California. You probably do better there. I was like, oh, perfect. That's palm trees and sunshine. So it didn't take me long to decide. And, you know, sometimes, and this is like the childlike spirit that you really need to keep. I've learned I need to remind myself as I get older to continue to have it. But I was just 19. I didn't think. I just went. I can't believe I just drove across the country. I'd never been to this city. I remember driving in late that night in Burbank by Ikea, and I thought it was the Hollywood Hills where the, the actors lived, you know, and it was like Burbank, you know. So the next day I made it into West Hollywood where the Hollywood Hills are. But I, uh, you're just so excited, you know, and I think like as you get a little – as you get older and you get more reps in, in any profession or environment – sometimes it's easy to kind of take it for granted or you get a little jaded or you lose this excitement for it. So I always kind of check myself back when I get into those spaces. But, you know, it was as simple as just being young um, and being um, uh, a yeah. Like I really just love saying yes. Like I really don't say no when I want to do something, I just do it. So when I uh, was presented with this um, option, I was like, oh, that sounds good. I'll do it. And acting you know, fell into it. And, and it was, it was really good. One thing I, I, I didn't mention about my acting career, which I'm excited. I, I never, never booked a huge film or any type of major breakout, but I did really well in commercials. And back then you could make a decent living with commercials. And I was in the very first iPhone commercial. So it's funny that now I build iPhone apps and this is what I love to do iPhone and iPad apps. But I did the first iPhone commercial, which was a um, Facebook ad with a couple actors, actually Scooter McNair or Scoot McNary, who's become really successful. He was in the commercial with me. But um, then I did a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar iPad commercial. I did another iPhone commercial. So in the in my last little touch in acting, I had um, done a, a number of Apple commercials, and then I fell into building apps. So I feel uh, it's prophetic. Exactly, exactly. And when I met Apple for the first time, I 
I'm really close with the team up there now, the editorial team and stuff. And I remember telling them that, and it was like so cool to just like show the uh, show the video, the very first commercial. It's like a hand, and it takes through videos and photos of people having fun at a pool, and I'm jumping into the pool with red pants on. And it was I still remember I was freezing that day because I jumped into the water too much in the shooting. But um, it was a it was a fun season of time, and I think that's also why I love what I do now because because acting, I really loved it. And then I fell into tech and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm here. I also treat this as like, maybe who knows what's coming next. So maybe I'll fall into something else. So I might as well just like soak this season up and really like, you know, get as much out of it as I can, you know? So I think that's a really cool um, reality that we're all living right now is that you know, a few short years ago, like people couldn't make livings with podcasts. And now people are making hundreds of millions of dollars having a podcast or people couldn't make, you know, there was no thing as an app. And there's been, you know, Snapchat's one of them that literally was an app that turned into a multi-billion dollar business since, you know, Candy Crush and others that have come from just apps. It definitely feels like a, um, an exciting time to have the capabilities to ship and to get in the game. And that's the part, like you were saying, how you're teaching yourself to learn. And that's why I'm, I'm so motivated to learn because I, I want to be, I want to be able to do it with the, the least amount of people as necessary, because then you don't need, you could do it, you know, then there's no, oh my God, you, you hate being held hostage by what you don't know. That is exactly how I, I approach it. I go, oh my God, I don't know this. I want to know it. I don't want to not be able to participate it's just one of those things that i drives me yeah yeah it's the underdog mentality that like you know a couple people could compete with you know facebook app right now or whatever app you know it doesn't take it's just the the market is there can you you know and you apple has opened it up where you could ship to the market so you know game on and and you know let the let the users decide which is what it's all about anyway right if you build apps you're building for people it's always about the customer or the person in our case the user of the app you know how do we serve them um which leads to you know what we're you know how we met you and and putting together an amazing internship program and a team right like the users and the team you assemble which is part of your uh, company is what's so important and we've uh um been really blessed to have a great internship class this summer and then now we're putting one together for the fall which has been an awesome process how big is your company? How many employees? So we have three of us full time, um, two two engineers and myself. Um, so really three of us coding, but I'm I'm doing design, and then we have a part time designer um, as well. And then um, those are that's the core team. And then we have um, about thirty interns. Yep, that yep. sounds that sounds like where I am too. <laughs> yep. So so we have internship programs for sound design. We have internship program for gra like motion design, motion graphics, and then we have internship program for um, uh, marketing, and then we yeah. have an internship program for podcasting. Because our app SUP, we put together the podcast program for people that were in communication or the radio program at school to record you know, weekly podcasts on the SUP app. Very nice. Very nice. So were you an intern at one time? No, I wasn't. Um, but when a few years ago, we hired an intern for Unmute and it went really well. So then the next summer I was like, oh, I need to bring in many more interns because it's, you just get such fresh 
um, excitement and skill set. So I was like, next summer, we're going to do, we're going to bring in a lot more. And it was incredible. I mean, we have uh, just the best um, interns. So I've become addicted since. And there's great platforms. I mean, we use Indeed, but we just get a lot of great applicants. And I've just had such a good experience. So I, I well, love I'm going to work to get you as one of our employers too. So oh, cool. that way you'd be using intern pursuit as your provider. Oh, I love it. Okay. We'll have that discussion some other time here cool. after the show. Um, best mentoring advice. What type of mentoring advice? Because you have been giving us all kinds of really great uh, tidbits and, and words of wisdom, but what was the best mentoring advice you received? And then also, who were some really inspiring mentors in your life? You've mentioned a lot of really good names like, you know, Kawasaki that did the Rich Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that one book, that book also, and I followed just about everybody you mentioned. But those are, you know, well-known people. Is there anybody that you, you know, felt that was giving you that one-on-one attention personally? Oh, so many. I mean, I, through different seasons, I, I have been blessed um, to have friends that have done an amazing job just kind of leading by example or, or, you know, through when I was in the entertainment business, there's a handful of great folks um, in the tech world. I would say the majority of my mentors in tech ended up being like my VC relationships because mm-hmm. I started and this is actually something that is, um, I think, really important for young entrepreneurs that are seeking capital is what you're seeking is actually value. And what you think is value is capital. But ultimately, um, value is really what is most important. So if you could do it without capital, then that's that's great. Because when you do take capital, you have to give up a piece of your company and it, that has trade-offs. But what I learned, what I did in the very first, when I first started talking to VCs, um, I never pitched them. I went to get their feedback because I thought, huh, these VCs, they invest in a lot of companies. They've either been co-founders on these companies like Reed Hoffman and LinkedIn, or um, now he's at Greylock, but they've all, they know the space so well. And how, like I could get a meeting with them by saying, hey, I got this new startup. I'd like to pitch you and get your feedback. They'll take your meeting because they don't want to miss out on the deal and they don't know and they want to build relationships with entrepreneurs. So I'm sitting with meeting with all these great VCs that were former operators or, you know, just even professional VCs, but they see so many deals. And I never went in there to pitch. I went in there to conversate. I went in there to ask questions and I wanted to show what we were doing and get feedback on how we could take this to the next level. What would you do with this? How would you look at this particular opportunity? How would you monetize this? How would you grow this? And just hear them talk about your your platform. And then because I could do it, I would just come home and do what they told me. And then I would meet with the next VC and it would be in the next level. Like, hey, what would you do with this? And then they'd say, do this. I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. So they were like the VC, I've never even told any of them. But I, I mean, there's so many VCs that I'm really close with now that I, I call for anything at any time. So I actually say like VCs have been my mentors um, during this uh, uh, business journey. I, I do think that there's a lot of validity in being mentored by, you know, the books you read or the content you consume. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I, I think is the piece. I don't know how other entrepreneurs do it, but I have to have a constant trickle, a constant stream, not trickle, a constant stream of pop, like momentum. And what momentum comes from, you know, positive, uh, positive kind of um, feedback or just any type of story that really lifts you up. 
So I, I think that I've been mentored by the, by never stopping listening to great content and reading. I do read books as well, but I'm really fortunate that I'm able to constantly consume this content, which is why I'm really passionate about building a social audio app. Cause if we can produce content that people are able to listen to and, you know, I know one of, uh, one of the, um, questions here is around like, where do we see the future of our industry? But mm-hmm. I, you know, I do really, really feel like, you know, in a very short order, we're not going to take these AirPods out of our ears and they're not going to look like they're even there. And if that's the case, what are you listening to? And pre prior to this time, we were really controlled with what we were able to listen to. We had the radio was the first really form of, of audio constant consumption. And that was a few stations. And then of course it graduated to multiple stations of the radio. And then, you know, now podcasts have really boomed where it's like, I can listen to all this content and learn things while I'm working out, while I'm taking walks, while I'm commuting, while I'm sleeping, you know, while I'm doing anything, washing the dishes, I could do it or I could listen to something. And I think that like, that's going to be a real interesting reality where at any time you could turn on whatever you want. So just keep turning on stuff that's moving you towards the goal or towards your truth that you want to go towards. And it's a beautiful time to live that we have access to all that. I couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine, you know, of course there's every, every, every era has a shift that you can argue is a regression or a progression, right? Like we have technology, which is, you know, you can argue, well, we're getting disconnected from nature and our, you know, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, our ancestors were getting all this, um, from the nature, from a day by the river, a day at a lake, uh, on a hike, uh, really, you know, working the land, planting, sowing. So um, now we're not doing that as much. But what we do have, what they didn't have is information. Like you were saying, oh, I want to learn that. I want to figure out anything I don't know. I want to figure it out. Well, you can now. It's literally Google it or tune it in in the ears, you know, like because whatever you're tuned into, all day, every day, all of a sudden, that's your cup. And that's what's going to come out when something is presented. So Mm -hmm. I feel like as an entrepreneur, why I've been able to keep doing it over and over again, 15 apps, three businesses, you know, a bunch of uh, tax is because I'm just constantly filled up. Like I always fill the cup with Mm -hmm. the correct uh, tools to, um, to empower motion, you know, or momentum forward. So definitely an exciting time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You are exactly whatever it is that you eat, what you listen to. It's whatever is important to you in your life. That is what defines who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's, we're going to be wrapping up our show here. Uh, How can our listeners contact you? What's the website, your social channels, email, whatever it is that you want to share. You don't have to give any of that, but whatever. This is, this is pretty crazy. A guy who builds social apps, but if I, even on our app, on the app store, I give out my number. I'm a talker or a texter. I really don't. I think um, engaging on social feels like impersonal. So you could call me or text me at 424-324-0442. That's what I use. So even on our happy hour app, I have my second phone where if you want to give feedback, you just text me and it's literally my phone. Like it's not an automated second number. So I, uh, I haven't had a lot of people pick, uh, take me up on it yet, 
but I definitely think that that's uh, um, how I'm going to roll from now on because I just uh, um, I think it you know it's what I what I uh, Gary V does that. He yeah, does he that. does. He, yeah, he puts his number. numbers straight on out there, and you know people respond. Yeah, yeah. He's well. I love about Gary V is he has a company that does something that he said. Okay, I'm going to test everything for myself before I would want to then pitch a company to do it. And I think that's genius, you know, and he's done an excellent job. He's innovate. He's always experimenting with every yeah. new platform. Um, we built a, we actually built a, one of our apps. Um, uh, I think I had a call with Gary about it actually. Um, but he, we created a filter pack or a sound pack for him for sound bites. Cause we had this app beep. That was like audio gifts where I would send a short voice message to you and you could add a fun like gif or a sound bite from like the rock or NASA or whatever. So we created a Gary V pack um, and he did download the app and check it out, which was exciting. But yeah, he's big into audio. So it'd definitely be cool to see his take on happy hour once we start getting it out there. Oh, I bet you're going to be hearing from him because you will reach out to him. You'll make you that go. magic happen. Yep. Amen. All right. Well, I... I'm just going to throw this one out there. Jesus girl, but I'm kind of picking that up from you. That's where you are. You're a spiritual guy. So, Oh, Oh yeah. 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 I grew up uh, out here. Yeah. In the um, Christian, uh, uh, Christian community, which was an amazing uh, uh, time in LA. There's some amazing um, churches around here. Yeah. And it helps us to stay positive. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I could not begin to tell you how much I've enjoyed this. I look forward to developing a, a friendship with you outside of the podcast and saying, okay, so try my platform. Tell me what you think. Tell me, give me feedback and, you know, help me to continue to move it forward. So I, again, thank you, Ian. Thank you to our listeners. And also we uh, look forward to looking for you in app stores and also on the web. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios.